Bibles, turn to the book of Colossians, if you will. Uh, you know, we know the Bible says the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. And uh, I just felt like, you know what, well, I, I, that, that recitation that uh, Brother Donnie did tonight, man, it helped me. And, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a few folks give a testimony tonight as well. And uh, that just, sometimes that just goes a long ways in helping the service. I want you to look, if you will, at Colossians chapter 1 in your Bibles. And I want to talk to you about uh, a, a little different subject tonight, but uh, something that the Lord uh, began to impress on my heart several weeks ago. And then the Lord just really brought this together. And I think it's something that our, our church needs to hear. And so uh, we're going to talk tonight about this subject, the difference between preaching and teaching. The difference between preaching and teaching. So Colossians chapter 1 in your Bibles. Uh, let me give you one last opportunity to stand. Just I know you're tired tonight and uh, just get the blood flowing, that kind of thing. Colossians 1, look at verse 21, and we'll read down through verse number 29. The Bible says in verse 21, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Now look at verse 23. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled, uh, both those are very important terms, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Wherever I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. And you may be seated tonight. And I want to talk to you about that subject, the difference between preaching and teaching. Give me about 30 minutes and we're going to be done here tonight. But I believe this is going to be, I believe this is going to be helpful. I believe it's going to be interesting. At least I hope it will be. And you say, preacher, what's the big deal? Well, you know what? It really is a big deal. Anytime there's that the Bible specifies something in itself, that's important. And, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, the church, you know, I, I really believe, you know, from time to time we'll hear people stand up and testify and they'll say, you know, God's really done something special in my heart. And, well, I, you know, I want to testify tonight. I believe God's really done something special in your preacher's heart. And I, I, I don't think I've ever been more passionate about giving our church truth that I am today. And uh, that may be in the form of preaching, maybe in the form of teaching, but well, I, I want you to get truth. And in this brand new year, if the Lord tarries is coming, I'm just hoping that God's, that 2023 is gonna be the year of truth. And, uh, and I believe it is. And so let's talk about this subject a little bit tonight, the difference between preaching and teaching. Let's bow for prayer tonight. Father, we love you and thank you so much for the privilege to be here tonight. And Lord, as I take a little while and teach tonight on what I really believe is a, 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 an important topic, Lord, I pray that you'd 
Lord, that you'd wake us up. I know our folks are tired. I, I, I pastor some of the hardest working people in the world, and I know they're weary tonight. And so, Lord, I pray supernaturally, Holy Spirit, that you would give them the stamina and the energy they need to not only stay awake, but, Lord, to, eat, to be able to listen intently. And so, Lord, fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, Lord, I pray that the Word of God would come alive in our hearts and minds. And, Holy Spirit, I pray for the fullness of the Spirit of God. And, uh, Lord, as, all I can do is just sort of speak on the outside. But, Holy Spirit, you can teach on the inside. And I pray that's what would happen tonight. And so, Lord, save the lost, encourage the saved, uh, edify the saints tonight. And Lord, most of all, glorify your precious son throughout this service. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. And for his sake, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Well, several weeks ago, Brother Mike Horn was teaching was teaching our class, and when Brother Mike teaches, boy, you better watch out, amen, but no, Brother Mike was teaching. Brother Mike just made a statement in passing, and uh, in fact, I was sitting right over here on the side that day, and Brother Mike, in his lesson, said this, there's a difference in preaching and teaching, and I sort of honed in on that statement, and you know, sometimes Sometimes you may come to church, you may not get the whole message, but there'll be that one statement or there'll be that one illustration or that one truth that the preacher or the teacher may give that just lodges with you. And you know what? It was that one statement or that one illustration that you needed that day. And Brother Mike said that. There's a difference in preaching and teaching. Well, God began to really deal with my heart about that and then he gave me scripture uh, and uh, it really is, there really is a difference. And somebody says, preacher, what, what is the difference? And I, and I think this is the reason for the importance of the message tonight. If we're going to really, really understand the uh, functionality of the church, then it's important for us to discern between what is preaching and what is teaching. And if you understand the difference between biblical preaching and biblical teaching, you know what, it also helps you to understand why the Holy Spirit said what he said in, in Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 and 12. Now, we're gonna turn away a few times tonight from Colossians chapter one, but I do want you to do this. I want you to put your ribbon there or I want you to put your bookmark there at Colossians chapter one because we're gonna continuously come back to Colossians chapter one throughout the study tonight. But if, in Ephesians chapter four, which you're, you're, if you're in Colossians, just turn back a page or two or so to Ephesians chapter four and ver, look at verse number 11. And Paul the apostle, speaking of the church of Ephesus, said this in verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and then he said this, and he gave the church some pastors and teachers. Now, that's not a mistake. We know that. That's not feel. The Lord didn't give that just because he needed to fill up his Bible. Um, but he said here that he gave some pastors and teachers. And then in verse 12, he tells us why. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So somebody says, Pastor, what's the difference? What's the difference in preaching and teaching? And so let me see if I can try to help you with that just a little bit tonight and unpack that a little bit. How about this? Number one, the purpose of preaching is warning. Now, look back at Colossians 1 in your Bibles and look at verse number 28. The purpose of preaching primarily is that of warning. 
Colossians 1 verse 28, Paul said to the church of Colossae, whom we preach, look what he says, warning every man. And so the purpose of preaching is warning. Warning, what are you talking about, pastor? I'm talking about convincing men to turn to God and turn away from sin. The preaching of John the Baptist was for the purpose of warning. Go back and read that. In fact, in Matthew chapter three, we find that. We find uh, John the Baptist as he is warning the people that it is high time to repent, that the kingdom of God is coming and that you better repent. I'm reading in Matthew three, verse one. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In other words, John the Baptist came on the scene and his message was this, the king is coming. The king is coming. And uh, you better get ready. You better, you, listen, I'm here to warn you. I'm, I'm here to, to get you ready. It's time that you repent. It's time that you have a change of mind. Why? Because the king is coming. One of the things you'll find out as you read the Old Testament is this, that the preaching and the prophesying of many of the Old Testament prophets was, was for the purpose of warning, warning. Prophets like Ezekiel, prophets like Jeremiah, prophets like Isaiah, uh, their job was to warn the people of God. In other words, repent while there's still time. Uh, judgment's coming. If you don't turn to the Lord, judgment is coming. In fact, if you want to learn, look there, you can. You don't have to. Jeremiah chapter 3 is a good example. In Jeremiah 3 verse 11, we find the prophet Jeremiah prophesying to Judah. And this is what he says in Jeremiah 3 verse 11. And the Lord said unto me, this is the message he's giving to them. The backsliding Israel had justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return, thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. So in other words, God sent Jeremiah the prophet to Israel, to Judah, and his message was this, you better turn to God, you better turn, you better repent, you need to get right with God. Now, Interesting, church, that's exactly why the delivery of preaching may be different in style than teaching. So I'm gonna say that again. It's why there's a difference. It's why preaching, the style, at least the delivery of preaching, might be different than the style of teaching. What are you talking about, preacher? Think about it like this. You don't warn people with a monotone voice. So preaching is primarily for the purpose of warning. Repent, turn around. God is still extending his mercy, but you better repent now. It was for the purpose of warning. And typically you don't warn in a monotone voice. What are you talking about, preacher? Okay. So Brother Donnie, Miss Tamara, they sang the special tonight. We're up in the mountains somewhere and, and uh Brother Donnie's getting ready to back his car up and he doesn't realize that there's a cliff right there. I mean, uh, it just goes off the side of the mountain. And all of a sudden, you know, Brother Donnie's not paying attention and, and uh, he puts it in reverse and he begins to back up and man, his wheels are almost over, over the edge and uh, you understand that if I'm gonna warn him, I don't warn him in a monotone voice. 
Hey, I mean, he's literally getting ready to plunge over the side of the cliff. I don't say to him, you know, Donnie, there's something called the law of gravity. And uh, no, I don't do that. You know, Brother Donnie's getting ready to back off the cliff. And I don't say, you know, it's very, very interesting. I read an article the other day and, uh, and an air blag de- deploy- deploys at one twentieth of a second. You know, I know, you, don't do, you know what you do? If you see somebody getting ready to back off the, the edge of a cliff and you know that their car's gonna plunge down the mountain, you don't use that kind of voice. You know what you do? You go, whoa, whoa, You know why? You're trying to get their attention. Stop! Whoa, hey, hey, you're not paying attention. You see, that's the purpose of warning. And so when God's men preach, sometimes their style of preaching and teaching and the delivery is gonna be very, very different. In fact, I wanna show you tonight to how God instructed his men in the Old Testament to preach and to prophesy and to warn. And I believe this is important. Look at Isaiah 58 and verse number one. Every once in a while, people will come to a church like Calvary and they'll, and they'll say, man, what, what's, what's wrong with that guy? I mean, why does he raise his voice like that? Why did he hit the pulpit like that? Why does he walk around the auditorium and the, and the platform and, and stomp his foot? And why does he raise his voice? I mean, we don't, you know, we don't do that at our church. Well, look, what, look, look how God instructed his men to warn. Isaiah 58, 1, he says to Isaiah the prophet, cry aloud, Spare not. Hey, church, look at this. Look what he says to Isaiah. Lift up thy voice like a what? Like a trumpet. And show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Now, you know what God was saying to Isaiah? Isaiah, don't mess around. Don't mollycoddle this backslid crowd. He said, when you come on the scene, you come on the scene full blown, full steam. And he said, cry loud. He said, don't you hold back, spare not. He said, you lift up your voice like a trumpet. Now, listen, you can ask, but I'm telling you, one of the loudest instruments in the orchestra is the trumpet. And he said, I want you to lift up your voice. Why? Because you're warning. You're warning. Don't go down that road. Don't go down that path. God is still extending mercy. Turn to God. Don't keep going the direction you're going. He's warning. But look at this. Turn over to Ezekiel chapter six and verse number 11. Again, I just want, you know, you may have loved ones who come to Calvary sometimes and they're like, man, man, what in the world? That guy's a, that guy's a nut up there. Well, we're screwed onto the right bolt, Amen. Well, let me, let, me, let me tell you what's going on here. Look how God instructed his men to preach and prophesy and warn. Ezekiel 6 and verse 11, look at what God says to his prophet Ezekiel in verse 11. Ezekiel 6, 11, thus saith the Lord God, and he's talking to Ezekiel, smite with thine hand and stamp with thy foot. What's he saying? Ezekiel, when you go down there, get with it. Don't you go down there and act you know, namby-pamby and, and just go down there and speak in a monotone voice and act like it's really, you know, uh, if you would, I'm, I want you to turn to the Lord, you know. And, uh, but, you know, it's no big deal if you don't really want to, you know. No, he said, man, when you get in there, he said, you smite with your hand. And he said, you stamp with your foot. And, and look what he says here. He says, smite with thine hand, stamp with thy foot, and say, alas, 
for all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. In other words, God says, hey, I want you to get with it. I want you to, I want you to preach. I want you to warn. And so sometimes we'll go to a church and boy, there's preaching going on and, uh, and, 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 and occasionally people come and it's happened here and people are a little, you know, they're a little taken back by our preaching. But that's the way God wants it to be. And so preaching is for the purpose of warning. And by the way, I, I'm not gonna bring this out tonight, but you can just jot, jot it down. Ezekiel 3.17, did you know that God challenged us if we did not warn? He said, if you don't warn, you know what's gonna happen? Their blood I'm gonna require at your hand. And so the purpose of preaching is warning, but let's go a little further here tonight. How about this? Number two, the purpose of teaching is wisdom. So preaching is for the purpose of warning. The purpose of teaching is wisdom. Now look back at, your, at our, our scripture tonight, Colossians chapter one. Look at verse number 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of, of, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look at verse 28. Whom we preach warning Every man, there's a comma. And then it says, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines the word wisdom as a wise attitude, belief, or course of action. The word wisdom here in Colossians chapter one, verse number 28 is the Greek word Sophia. And it means skill in the management of affairs. And church, you know what I'm telling you is the truth tonight. It's very sad. We have very little skill in the managing of affairs today. People don't know how to act. People don't know how to respond. Uh, a, a, an 85-year-old woman is in front of them going a little slow because she doesn't feel comfortable going any faster than that. And before you know it, you've got a road rage incident. Y'all know what that is? That's stupid. And yet people don't know how to, they don't know how to respond. People don't know how to, they don't know how to manage their life anymore. People don't know how to respond to children. They don't know how to raise their kids. They don't know how to uh, respond. You know, you know, the, the, the blue light turns on behind your car and the state trooper comes to the window and says, may I see your license and registration? You know what that means, church? It means he wants to see your license and registration. I mean, that's really not that hard to understand. It doesn't mean fiddle underneath the seat. It doesn't mean reach down between the seat and the console. It doesn't mean, you know, open the glove. It means hand the man your, your uh, license and your registration and your insurance. That's not hard to understand, and yet... We have a world that doesn't seem to know how to manage just the, the simplest of things. You say, why, why, is that? why is that, preacher? Because people are receiving so little teaching. Amen. We're so busy watching TV. We're so busy playing electronic games. We're so busy making money. We're so busy playing on our cell phones that we take very little time for teaching. And then I, I'm gonna be honest with you. In many, at least, of the average churches across America, there's no preaching and no teaching going on. It's non-existent. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Biblical teaching 
Now, now you say, Pastor, what, what, what's, what's the big deal? Biblical teaching is vital because our Bible tells us it establishes the Christian. Now, you're in Colossians. I think you're in Colossians. Turn over to Colossians chapter 2 and look at verse number 7. Colossians 2 verse 7. Look what Paul says to the church here. Colossians 2 verse 7. Rooted and, and built up in him. Well, that's what we want. Rooted and built up in him. And look what he says. And established in the faith as ye have been what? As ye have been taught. Abounding there with thanksgiving. Established in the faith. It's the Greek word bibeo and it means to make firm. In other words, if we're gonna be made firm in our Christian walk and our, our Christian life, then we need preaching and we need teaching. And one of the things that I find here is this, that Paul's ministry was well-rounded because Paul's ministry included both preaching and teaching. It was, it was, he was heavily involved in warning and he was heavily involved in giving wisdom. You don't have to go there, I'll just read it for you. Acts 20, verse 20. Somebody said Paul had 20-20 vision. Acts 20-20. Paul said, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable, profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Same chapter, verse 31. Paul said, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. In other words, Paul was preaching, Paul was teaching, Paul was, was careful that, that he included both in his ministry. And so the purpose of preaching is warning. The purpose of teaching is wisdom. But look at this, church, look at this. The result of both biblical preaching and teaching is working. Now, what are you talking about, Pastor? Look at Colossians 1 and verse number 28. Did you know that these two things coupled together, you know what happens? They literally begin to transform the believer. Look what he says. Verse 28, Paul said, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, look at the, the last part, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That word perfect means full grown, mature, Look at verse 29, though. He said, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh, notice the word, which worketh in me mightily. I like that. That word worketh there is the Greek word energeo. And it means effectually works. In other words, Paul is saying this, that preaching and teaching provides the energy that you and I need to become full-grown and mature Christians. And so occasionally there are people say, I don't need the church. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And you know what? TV's good and live stream's a blessing, but it doesn't take the place of the real thing. And if you're physically, physically able to, uh, to, to, to be here, boy, you ought, to, you ought to be here. Why? Because we need the preaching and we need the teaching of the word of God. Why? Because it's gonna, it's gonna be energetic in our lives and it's gonna, it's gonna make us full grown and mature. Let me make three closing statements tonight. Number one, this is why a church should practice both. Now, why do you say that? Preacher, because some churches will have one or the other. 
Some churches pride themselves on having nothing but old-fashioned rock, rocked rib, right-wing, wind-sucking, slobber-slinging, window-rattling, barnstorming, premillennial, temperamental preaching. And they see teaching as compromise. It's not biblical. I'm all for old-fashioned preaching. We love it at Calvary. But the Bible talks about both. And so we not only need preaching, an old-fashioned preaching, but we need teaching. And so some churches have one or the other. Other churches desire only teaching. And so they'll only invite somebody to come in their pulpit who they know is never going to raise their voice. I mean, they know that, boy, it's just going to be sort of monotone and, you know, it's not going to be confrontational. They would never consider inviting a preacher to come. And then some churches, some churches have neither. They don't have preaching or teaching. Uh, and that's getting more and more predominant today. They have dramas and they have groups and they have activities and they have fellowships and they have parties and they have functions. And this is all I'm saying. Church, at Calvary Baptist Church, it's very, very important we have both. That we have preaching. Yes, that means Warning. Every once in a while, a guy's going to get in here and just walk all over the platform and hit the pulpit and pound the pulpit and raise his voice. And he's going to warn us, don't go down that path. Don't smoke that joint. Don't drink that alcohol. Don't look at that pornographic magazine. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to ruin you. And someone says, man, that guy's out of control. He's not out of control. He's doing what God called him to do. He's warning us. Don't play around with the devil. He don't play around. I'm telling you what, the devil plays for keeps. And by the way, we need guys to come in here like that who are gonna, who are gonna get with the program and they're gonna lift up their voice like a trumpet and they're gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna warn us, but at the same time, don't stay away because we bring somebody in and somebody says, well, yeah, I've heard that guy before. He never raises his voice. I mean, he's a good teacher, but he doesn't preach, preach very much. Listen, you better be here because you need both. You need both. Number two, or number next, let me say this. It's why people should choose a church wisely. What do you mean, pastor? Now listen to this. A church should not, and I've got that word not in my outline. I've got it capitalized. A church should not be chosen primarily because of the music. Thank God for the wonderful music program we have at Calvary. Thank God for the great musicians we have and the singers we have. And I'm so thankful for that. But church, that's not the right reason to choose a church. Uh, listen, a church should not be chosen primarily because of the youth program. Well, they've got a youth program. They're always going places, doing stuff. And, and praise the Lord for that. And praise the Lord, we have an active youth program. But I'm saying that's not the best reason to join a church. Uh, it shouldn't be because they've got great facilities. Well, man, they got beautiful, beautiful facilities or it's a good location. Sometimes people will settle for a dead, dry church just because it's close to them. That's a bad idea. Listen, I'm not going. I mean, you do what you want to do, but I'm just telling you how it is. If there's a restaurant in a mile of my house, 
and that place is dirty and, and, and uh, got roaches crawling on the counter and, uh, and you can tell the wait, waitress hadn't took a bath in three weeks. And I mean, and you go in the bathroom and the trash hadn't been emptied in a month of Sundays. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just telling y'all, I'll stay home. I'm not going. And so don't invite me. I'm not going. If I have to travel a little ways to go to a fine restaurant where I know it's going to be clean and the service is going to be good and it's going to be good food, I'll drive a little ways. And by the way, if we would drive a little ways for a restaurant, well, it's a shame when folks won't drive a few more extra miles for a good church. And so it shouldn't be chosen because of location. I'll tell you something else. It shouldn't be chosen because of the charisma of the leaders. What, what's your point, Pastor? My point is this. Listen, listen, church. You say, preacher, come on. Is this important? Yeah. You know why? Because I might fall over with a heart attack tomorrow. So you need to know this. When you put a pulpit committee together, don't, don't let the music be the predominant thing at Calvary Baptist. Well, preacher's out of the, he's out of the picture now. You know, let's get us a rock band in here and we'll, you know, we'll uh, just start appealing to the worldly world. No, that, that shouldn't be the main thing in the church and it shouldn't be all these other things. It's imperative that it places a high priority upon the word. Upon the word. Did you hear me, Calvary? Upon the word. God has exalted his word. Psalm 138 verse 2, the Bible says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Listen, the reason you choose the church should not be because it's close. It shouldn't be because it's got great musicians necessarily. The reason you choose a church is because every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and revival and conference and, uh, and youth group, man, they are just giving you this word and giving you this word and giving you this word and giving you this word. That's what we need. The word of God. In fact, did you know, church, that you say, preacher, we want our church to grow. It, it, it is. <laughs> did you see the crowd Sunday? But listen to this, church. Did you know that God will build and God will bless the church that prioritizes his word? And we got eight minutes, but we can do this. Turn over to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. You say, what's going on with the early church? Why is the early church exploding with growth? And they really were. I mean, just, I mean, the church was just, it was to the point where the apostles couldn't, they couldn't handle it all. I mean, it's just growing by leaps and bounds. You say, Pastor, why is the early church so blessed? Well, look at Acts 6, verse 2. Then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to what? To prayer and to the, and to the what? The ministry of the what? The ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith under the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Look at verse 7. And the word of God, oh, I love it. The word of God increased. 
Look at the next line. And the number of the disciples, what happened? Multiplied. Church, you know what's going on? We have moved from addition to multiplication. And the church is exploding with growth. The word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Look at Acts 16. You're in Acts Acts chapter 6. Look at Acts 16 verse 4. Acts 16 verse 4. The Bible says, And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders. What, what, What does that mean, preacher? They were preaching and teaching the word. That's what it means. They were, they were prioritizing the ministry of preaching and teaching. They delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained to the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. Look at verse five. And so were the churches established in the faith. And look at the last part. And what happened? And increased in number daily. Somebody says, Pastor, how can we build this church? Here's the, here's, here's the answer. Keep giving them the word. Just keep preaching. You say, I know, preacher, but I got some friends. They don't want that. I I understand. Not everybody's going to come to Calvary because we're preaching and teaching the word. Some folks are not looking for that. But God knows there are some folks out there that are hungry for this book right here. And did you know that there's an almighty God that is able to make their path intersect with this church? And those folks are hungry for God's word I thought about Josiah, 2 Kings 22. Josiah prioritized the word of God and the Bible says the kingdom was revived. And so this is why a church should practice both preaching and teaching. And this is why people should choose a church wisely and we're done, we're done tonight. But this is why Christians should be excessively faithful. Faithful. Because the preaching and teaching of God's word is what's gonna make us grow and mature. Don't forget what we read just a while ago. He gave some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. Anytime you see that word edifying, it's the idea of building up. For the edifying of the body of Christ. You say, preacher, you know, the other day I was so down. I was so down and I, you know, I didn't come. And uh, hey, listen, whenever you're down, that's that's when you need to come. You say, preacher, I'm so discouraged. I didn't feel like coming. Any advice? Yes. Pick yourself up by your bootstrings and get in here. Why? Because as you hear this blessed book preached and taught, you know what's going to happen? It's going to build you up. Well, how do you know? Because the Bible promises it will. In Colossians 1.28, we read that just a while ago, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So we're done. Guy walked up on a famous, famous sculptor. Guy was well known. And the guy had this huge, I mean, just a huge boulder there. And he had, a, had his chisel and had his hammer and he was sculpting. And the guy, and he was a well known artist. And a guy came up and just started watching him. And he said, man, he said, that's amazing. He said, what are you sculpting? And the guy said, 
I'm sculpting an elephant. He said, man, that's amazing. He said, how do you do it? How do you, how do you make that rot look like an elephant? And he said this. He said, I just knock off everything that don't look like an elephant. <laughs> you know what preaching and teaching does? It knocks off everything that doesn't look like Jesus. That's why it's so important we're here. That's why it's so important we come. That's why it's so important that every time the doors swing open, man, that we're here. Why? Because we need that preaching and teaching. And by the way, you know, the preachers and the teachers we have in Sunday school and for the services and conferences, they all got a, they all, they all got a different style. You know, Brother uh, Tool got up here Sunday and Brother Tool wasn't all over the platform, but while I was sitting there, I was sitting there Sunday night and I was like, wow, this is so good. This is helping our church. It's helping me. You know why? Because this word right here never returns void. You come here tonight and say, well, we wasted our time. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You know why? Because God promised this book right here will never return void. You said, Pastor, I don't think it made a big difference. It made more of a dif difference than you know it did. And so we need preaching and we need teaching. And we need to make sure that we prioritize this book right here at Calvary Baptist Church. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you that I go to a Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church. Lord, I am so thankful, and I mean that. And I, I, You know in my heart right now, I'm so thankful for the music program you've given us here at Calvary. Thank you for these talented musicians that play these instruments and for these singers that sing, and they're such a blessing to us. Thank you for the choir. And God, they encourage us as they lead us in worship. And God, thank you for the beautiful facilities that you've blessed us with at Calvary. Lord, when I walk down here to this old building sometimes, I just wonder how in the world did we do it? And Lord, you've blessed us with a beautiful facility. Lord, I'm not thankful most that I go here because of those things. I'm so thankful for the fellowship that encourages me every Sunday and, and so many other things that I could mention. But Lord, I'm so thankful that I go to a Bible preaching, Bible teaching church that focuses and prioritizes the Word of God. Father, I pray as we get ready to make the turn into a brand new year, 2023. Father, we're gonna go ahead and request this. I pray 2023, if you tear your coming, will be a great year of truth for us. And God, I pray that we will mature. I pray that we'll grow like we've never grown. And Lord, I pray that we'll be the Christians that you want us to be. Father, have your way tonight, please. And we thank you for teaching us this evening. In Jesus' name, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hey, let's do this tonight, Calvary. Let's just stand all around the house if you would. Maybe there's somebody here tonight that needs to come down around an old-fashioned altar. Maybe there's something the Lord's been dealing with your heart about. It might not have anything to do with what I preach tonight, but the Spirit of God's been dealing with your heart. And tonight you need to come. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Christ. 
Maybe you've been saved, you've not been baptized, you didn't make yourself a candidate for baptism. Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I've never been born again. Boy, I want to tell you, Wednesday night's a good night to get saved. <laughs> sure is. So I'm going to make my way to the main floor just for a moment. And if you're here tonight and you need prayer about something, we'll be here just for a moment, all right? And you come, we'll be glad to pray with you while we wait tonight.